I think you're right about formatting stuff, and I feel good about what we're doing. I feel like we're doing uh, good work. I think <laughs> meaningful work. We're, we're changing God's some parts. Yes. That's right. Hey everyone, welcome to Unsub Pod. It's me again, Harry. And me, Chanel. That's right, and we're here to talk to you about the CBS series Criminal Minds. This week we're on episode eight of season one. It's true, it's called Natural Born Killers. That's right, just like the um, famous film, and it has an identical plot to that film. Identical. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. They just cut it down into 40 minutes. Yeah. So this week the team goes to Baltimore to figure out what's going on with this, like, really retro setting where, like, everybody is – everyone has, like, weird wallpaper and Gideon has a huge collar and just very, like – just reminds me of, like, this – an unidentified time period but not current time period. So there's – bunch of people getting tortured and they think it's a mob hit and then they figure out that it's not a mob it's a my favorite thing freelance killer who uh-huh. is just like best phrase um who well whatever we'll get into the details but uh right so they think it's the mob there's a lot of time spent in garcia's bunker um, yeah where she gets really cranky and it's kind of great um and then i don't know in the end they solve it Yep. Because um, I guess they have to. And there's a, lot, there's a little bit of a tussle with the Baltimore PD and organized crime and um, some really uh, stereotypical Italian mobsters. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Totally. That's about it. Absolutely. So, right, this week we're hanging out in Baltimore. And Baltimore. this episode is identical to any given episode of The Wire. Uh, pretty much the same class. <laughs> and quality, too. Definitely quality. The same quality right. as The Wire. It is a lot like the show The Wire in a lot of really key ways. Yeah. Uh, so we're hanging out in, like, a bar, right? And it's one of those bars mm-hmm. from, like, television where everybody looks like they're either a cop or a mobster. And, in fact, that yeah. appears to be the case for this bar. Yep. Um, there's, like, this episode starts with, like, 45 minutes of like slow exposition about what's going on with these people. And honestly, I was not able to keep up with a lot of it. It's like this guy, Jimmy is hanging out with this guy, Freddie. And then this cop shows up and the cops like, Hey, Jimmy. And Freddie's like, what's the deal with that cop? And Jimmy's like, don't worry about it. And they go into a car and then Freddie's like it's cold in the car. And Jimmy's like, whatever. And Freddie's like, do you want to have dinner? And Jimmy's like, no. And it's like, Oh my God. When does it end? I'm sorry. Maybe there's other things to explore about this part of the story, but I was like, can we get to, like, the BAU already? Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It was kind of, like, tedious, and I was like, either I want you to, like, murder someone. I mean, I guess they did do this, but, like, yeah, I don't need that much of a setup. I don't need – this doesn't – I don't need my criminal minds to have, like, a huge runway, really. Yeah. Like, just just get to it. Um, yeah. Like, but I just did think – yeah, yeah, like it's it's okay. You can just throw me in. I'm I'm an adult. I'll handle it. It's okay. Eventually, we find the body, and when that happens, it's like the episode could have started here. This is enough information. Right. I mean, editing. Uh, it's like the. Uh, yeah, I. 
editing didn't I don't think you need I just don't think you needed that much of a build up. I'll say it. Yeah. It could have I been totally edited agree. better. Um, um right. So Freddie says Yeah, I'm sorry. Freddie's like no, go ahead. Yeah, Freddie lives with his aunt and uncle, and he's like, hey, Jimmy, do you want to come inside and have dinner with my aunt and uncle? And Jimmy's like, no, thank you. I'm not hungry or whatever. And then Jimmy drives away. I don't want your delicious dinner. Right. Yeah, right. And then this old lady neighbor walks over to the house. It's later in the night, and this old lady neighbor walks over to the house that Freddie lives in because the house is freaking blasting Dean Martin. You want to talk about Italian stereotypes. This house is blasting Dean Martin. Uh, yeah. And uh, then the lady touches the doorknob and it is slathered in blood. Yeah. And then uh, Jimmy himself runs out of the house, knocks the lady over, and uh, the lady's like, oh, shit, something's happened in this household. And then all the cops show up. This woman who gets knocked down, though, I just couldn't... This is what, like, furthering my, like, whole... This episode... The setting of this episode is not, like, 2005. Because she's wearing, like, a terry cloth bathrobe, I assume. It's very nice. Uh-huh. And she has these huge rollers in her hair. And I don't know. It's just, like, there's a lot in the first terribly edited part of this episode that I was like, this isn't – this didn't feel, like, current to me. I don't know. I'm not saying people don't put rollers in their hair and just, like, chill in the neighborhood. But, like, it just – there was something decidedly retro about it. Um, and the Dean Martin stuff didn't really help, like – I'm sure people, yeah. like, rock out to Dean Martin all the time. But anyway, it just felt very retro to me. Um, yeah, I, you're totally right. I think especially, well, so then, right, so the cops come, and everybody's, like, walking around this house. It is like, huge and, like, wallpapered with, I don't know, it just, it was, like, 1950s or 60s appear, excuse me, appearing wallpaper. And there was, like, a dressing table at some point. It just made me realize, like, the folks that we're talking about are, like, I don't know, probably, like, in their 60s. It felt, yeah. Um, and so, like, Morgan and Gideon and the team were walking around. They're, like, damn, this is, like, some serious murder. Yeah. This is yeah, real they bad. Said, um, That's what they call that. Because uh, they were, Morgan happened to be in Baltimore because he was teaching at the Baltimore field office or whatever. And he's right. like, this is the most grisly murder that the Baltimore PD has ever seen, uh, which I presume it will remain the case until Snoop and Chris Partlow uh, start their reign of murders across uh, Baltimore in uh, sure. three and four sure. of the wire. Right. Right. That's I just feel like that's a very tall claim too. like Baltimore. This is the worst thing you've ever Whoa. seen. Don't even. It's the worst. Okay. No, I totally agree. First of all, I totally agree with you. Like, as far as, like, crime scenes go, there's only blood in the bathroom, and there's only two bodies. And, like, certainly it's a gross situation, but, like, I don't know. It it didn't seem that bad. I don't even know. I'm just thinking back. Is this even the worst thing we've seen in this show so far? That's a great question. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean... We don't really see the bodies here. It's like that as far as all of the grisly crime scenes of this episode go, like uh, of the series go, like this one is a little bit less um, explicit than a lot of them tend to be. Yeah, like there's not even a body really, right? Because There's took, not even a body. So like, I don't know. I'm not sold on this as like, I'm, I'm going to need to see more. Yeah. Uh, so first Hotch is like, this is 
probably a standard double homicide. But then they're like, no, there's a lot of blood. This is a massive overkill situation. Right. And uh, they're looking at the blood everywhere and Reed and L get into an argument over whether or not the killer was organized. Uh, one of them thinks that the killer was, the other thinks that the killer was not. I don't remember which one, but ultimately they decide that the killer was. So that one is settled. And then Gideon, because he knows everything, looks at the freaking ring of blood in the bathtub and he says, there's a third victim whose body is not present at this scene. <sighs> yeah. That's what Gideon figures out by looking at how much blood was in the bathtub. I I sigh gustily because on second, I don't know how many times I've seen this episode. I actually think maybe only two because I do remember last week being like, I hate this episode. I don't actually hate this episode. This is a, it's not as, it's not as boring as I remember it being, but I, I just am starting to think that Gideon is like not human. Whoa. Okay. Like, Elaborate. I don't know. I just feel like this isn't, he might be a superhero. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what to do about the fact that he looks at the bathtub and is like, wait, so there's a third person. Like, I get, like, he's supposed to be super genius, and he's been doing this for a long time, so he knows some stuff, but, like, I'm kind of exhausted by his, like, seemingly, like, how do you know that? I mean, Gideon's seen a lot of bloody bathtubs to start with. I guess. Always another bloody bathtub with this guy. Yeah. Just the way it goes. I guess this is part of like... Another bloody bathtub as thing goes. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like willing suspension of disbelief. It's like Schindler's List with the girl in the red coat. Like, just don't pick it apart. Just go with it. It's fine. Right. So Gideon then drops a Hemingway... Oh, can I actually note before we move on? That, yeah. like, you you hate this episode, but in my observation of this episode, it's got, like, everything that you claim to love about episodes of Criminal Minds, okay? It's true. First of yeah. all, a remorseless right. killer. Yeah. Second of all, lots of Garcia. Yeah. Third of all, a ton of Hodgeface. Mostly Hodgeface, right. It is. It's true. I think I remember this as, like, being an episode about the mob, and I was just like, wah, wah, I don't care. Sure. Um, but on second watch, I was like, oh, no, this does have a lot of things about it that I like. Um, so it's true. It does. It also has, like, a lot of hot face. Uh, so, yeah, I forgive this episode. It was me. It's not you, episode eight. It was me. <laughs> I'm, right now. I'm so sorry, episode eight. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I want you back. <laughs> anyway. I judged you unfairly. Yes. So then where are we? Um, uh, we do a, a Hemingway quote. Oh, right, Hemingway, yeah. Uh, and then we're all trying to figure it out, the murder thing, and they make a distinction. They're talking about torture because the victims were tortured. And they explain there's two kinds of torture. There's like military torture and sadistic torture. And obviously torture, there's no yeah, overlap. Yeah. Nope, no overlap. It is. I did think it was interesting when um, I think something, yeah, something was, it was like functional torture versus sadistic torture. And I don't remember who it was that was like, yeah, like the military. And right. I was like, oh. Like the military. Like the military. But like it was, 
I thought it was interesting because um, you remember for a long time, I mean, and still, people were like, no, no, it's not torture. It's coercive yeah. measures or whatever. Yeah. But they're just like straight up, they're like, no, it's torture. <laughs> yeah. And I think if there's one takeaway that we can really comfortably take from uh, the photographs from Abu Ghraib, and certainly there's a lot of important takeaways, but one really easy one is like, you know, people enjoy doing torture. Like, quote unquote, military torture is sadistic. Totally. Yeah. Right. There is an overlap. It's not like one or the other. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, this show knows better than we do, obviously. Of course. So Gideon and Morgan head over to the crime scene because they're like the crime scene team now. Yep. Yep. Uh, That's like their main thing. And they are talking about like what happened at the crime scene and they have a little like fantasy sequence where um, the killer in their head lights a cigarette uh, Mm -hmm. covered in blood. In blood? Dude does not care about hygiene. Like, that's, come on. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, bloody cigarettes in pop culture, and I don't I don't see a lot of those in, like, actual life. And honestly, if I were a smoker and I had a cigarette covered in blood, I'd be like, no, thank you. I can wait. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't need this right now. Although I guess that's what addiction is, right? That's the problem with addiction. You need the cigarette. I will right? smoke this no matter what. Right, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's covered in blood. Just like convenient like oh man there's a cigarette i didn't know murder and free cigarettes whose cigarette is that is he smoking the cigarette of like the person who's murdered yeah did he bring the cigarette with him he was like damn i'm gonna kill some people and it's gonna be so rad and then i'm gonna smoke a cigarette i get everything i want <laughs> what a lens jesus um so are we at the point where, okay, so, right, so Gideon's like, me and Morgan are going to go to the crime scene, and Elle and Reed, you guys have to hang out in the bunker with Garcia. Yes. Who uh, has overnight it's... become the crankiest person on this show. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that really was sort of understandable for me, because there's so many people hanging out in Garcia's bunker this episode, and, like, no, usually she gets to work alone. Like, alone. was it last episode or the one before where, um, where Reed is starts being in her bunker and like that she seemed sort of comfortable with. Well, yeah, because it was one person. Right. Right. Exactly. But then it's like a real, if you give a mouse a cookie situation, because now everybody's hanging out in her bunker. Right. And she, I think at this point, at one point she says like, she's like, Reed, you are breathing on my neck. Yep. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Gross. Um, so they're in the bunker. Gideon and Morgan are at the, the place. Is this at which, at which, um, so they know that there's no bodies. So this person, the unsub took the bodies. Right. Um, so there's no, and is this the point at which the dude in the alley is like, do 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 what's in this garbage bag? Oh, it's a severed head. Yeah, that's around there. Yeah, he opened, it's like law and order style. Uh, yeah. The guy is digging through some trash, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit! It's a, it's a head." Damn it! Um, I wrote, "Is that what a severed head looks like, though?" Yeah, I, uh, I mean, certainly I wouldn't know. I have not seen right. a severed head in my life and time. It just seemed really like, or I don't know, the the eyes were closed, and I was like, "Oh, how calm!" Like it just looked very like 
clean and, you know, like an organized severed head. I don't know. I just felt like it was, like, either CGI or, like, the art department made it, and it just is, like, very groomed. It was groomed. It was a very well-groomed severed head. Well, we know that this killer is very organized, right? That's true. So maybe he's, like, you know, just because I cut your head off doesn't mean you have to look real bad. Maybe I'll just brush your hair a little. Exactly. And maybe that's something we should all take away from it. Just because your head is cut off does not mean you need to look bad. That's right. Think about that, everyone. Think about that. Um, So they discern... Oh, God, this part was super gross. Okay, so they... Dude finds the head. They like apparently all the body parts have been accounted for, and right L across says, seven trash cans. Yeah, and like some right. So so then L says, "Was there any evidence that he got off?" Right. Which like ugh. did they find jizz at the scene? Was right like I don't know why you needed to be like gentle about it i mean i'm not saying like do you guys think he jerked off on the body parts like obviously <laughs> not did they find any jizz on the body parts yes or no i just was like i almost missed that seat that that line actually and then i was like oh that's it's something about you know it, like like trying to be genteel about it makes it worse it was kind of like one of those things um, yeah, I'd love to know. I would not actually love to know. Nobody, if <laughs> you listen to this podcast, do not write in to let me know. But I would love to know if when we find severed body parts, how often there is jizz on those body parts. I mean, it's, uh, I guess it depends on, like, if you're organized, right? Like, then you'd probably be like, oh, I would really like to jerk off on this guy's severed head, but I'm not going to do it because I'm an organized killer. So I'm going to do it, like, over here. Right. And not on it. So. Yeah, this guy probably jerks off into a condom at the crime scene. Sure. He's organized. He's very organized. He brings yeah. a cigarette and he brings a condom. Yeah. I mean, although from what we learned of this guy in like a couple of minutes, he is he has been doing this for like a really long time. Right. Yeah. No, he's got so he's his like, whole operation together as far as the jizzing goes. Yeah. He knows where to do it. Um. Oh, so they established also that he doesn't take trophies. Right. He didn't keep any of the body parts to jizz on at home. Right. He's not like a Jeffrey Dahmer who's like, are you going to use that leg? Because I'll take it to my house. <laughs> oh, poor Jeffrey Dahmer, though. Poor guy. Yeah. I just Such feel kind of I'm not, I mean, I'm going to be like, it's not his fault, but like, okay. That's not fair. It is his fault. So then the, the Baltimore's Organized Crime FBI Division yes, shows up. This guy. Actually, this is our yeah. case. Uh, and I really like um, – a, a few things that I like about this include what a big asshole this guy from the FBI's Baltimore Division is. He's such uh, an and asshole. Gideon tries to introduce himself, and the guy's like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> You're the BAE yeah, yeah. super famous. Yeah, we've heard of you before. Calm down. Which, like, yeah. I had no idea that the BAU was that famous. I mean, eh. I liked this part, too, because he, um, you know, he has this whole, like, steeze where he's like, I just, you know, you guys are so awesome. Thanks for coming out and taking care of it. And, like, we really appreciate it. And now, like, fuck off. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is like, I, I feel like that's always a thing with law enforcement on TV, right? Like different agencies yeah. are always competing for who gets to do an investigation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, well, clearly this is an organized hit, so, like, go away. And then Gideon's response is to, like, go back into the, uh, the roundtable room and start writing on the board again and being, and everyone's like, oh, okay, so fuck off, Baltimore PD guy. <laughs> I guess we're doing this anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll totally, you guys go investigate it, we'll back off. And then as soon as he's gone, they're like, anyway, back to investigating this case. Yep. Uh, so they send Morgan and Hotch to talk to Freddie's mob boss, uh, mm-hmm. and they do just like a terrible job of talking to him. They're like, so why don't you just tell us that you killed Freddie? And he's like, what are you, I'm not going to tell you that I killed Freddie. They're like, oh, yeah? Well, what if you told us that you killed Freddie? And he's like, I'm going to go. <laughs> like, Thank but we didn't. For your time. Yeah, they're like completely not, they're like, I'm sorry, we're the mob. Yeah. We are, we're like, there's a reason why we continue to exist. It's because we're, we're famously we're, good at not self-incriminating. Right. Famous. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Although if you've seen mob wives, you know that like there are some situations in which like people will rat, but uh-huh. then that gives them an excuse the whole season to be like, he's a rat. Eh. He's the worst. And then they, yeah, Mob's Wives is a fantastic program, everyone. Very educational. I wish someone wrote about that show. Yeah, I do too. It's starting in the winter, so maybe someone will. Maybe someone named Chanel will. Maybe someone named Chanel will. So now they're in Garcia's lair. Yeah. Uh, Reed is hanging out there, and L is hanging out there. And mm-hmm. L puts a coffee down on Garcia's desk, and Garcia moves it right out of the way. She's like, right out of the way. So they look at his, at Jimmy's rap sheet, and it makes no sense um, as far yeah. as like actual criminals go. They're like, this is not right. a normal rap sheet, and that's how they. And then they go to also at the same time, um, who goes to his apartment? Uh, Morgan. Oh, Morgan goes to his hot. place. Morgan yeah. and Hotch go to his uh, apartment and they're like, this is like just somewhere, this is not a real person's apartment. And that's yeah. how they figure out based on the rap sheet and the apartment that in fact, Jimmy was an undercover cop. Yeah, this is, it's a crash pad, Morgan says. And he knows it's a crash pad because he spent eight months in deep cover. Um, may, I heard it as 18 months. Oh, 18 months, uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's 18 months, yeah. I want a lot more information about Morgan's time in deep cover. And I don't Ooh. think I'm the only one. I that was one of those things that I don't remember hearing before or knowing Whoa. about. So I guess it doesn't come up a lot. I don't think it ever comes up again. I don't want to like just start ridiculous. But I think it's one of those things that doesn't come up. There's a couple of like recurring themes with Morgan. One of them is that he nails everyone. Another one is that he's from Chicago. This this is like gonna get um, articulated soon. But uh, he's from Chicago. He was on the, in the Chicago PD for a while. Um, obsessional crimes are his specialty, which is also a thing. But, like, I never – I don't remember ever learning that Morgan was in deep cover before this. Like, it's never – we don't know why. We don't know who. Like, it's, I, I think it's an example of, like, the writers being like, yeah, put this there, put a star next to it, and, like, we'll follow up on it in a couple weeks. And then it just never happened. 
or like no one put the star there, right? So you ever watched um the show Wise Guy? No, what is that? It's a show from the '80s about uh, I think a guy in the FBI or something. Well, some law enforcement guy who um uh, goes undercover each season. It's like a different undercover operation. Oh, all right. Uh, it was really good. It was like an early, one of those. It was one of the first shows to have like season long arcs instead of each episode. Oh. Um, and the second season, I think the second season was um, Kevin Spacey's big breakout role, where he played a criminal who was obsessed with toes and was like fucking his sister or something. I, I haven't watched it in a long time. Oh come on! What? Um, but it was really something. Kevin Spacey's performances are really something on it. And it also introduced us to, um, shoot, what's his name? The actor who played Mike on Breaking Bad was on this show. I think he played, like, a tech guy or something. Jonathan Banks. Oh. That's the name of the actor. Anyway, that's, none of that was really relevant information. Uh, but he wore glasses on Wise Guy, and that part is definitely a fact. Anyway, so... Uh, apparently Morgan was in deep cover and we never are going to find out about that. So that's cool. Whatever. Uh, and Jimmy was working with the Baltimore FBI people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then the, the guy we met earlier, the jerk from the Baltimore FBI uh, organized <laughs> crime division runs into Hotch's office to shout at him. And Hotch just yeah. says, don't shout at me. <laughs> don't shout at me. Oh, I kind of love that. He's, yeah, he's just like, don't bring that shit in my office. Yeah. And um, so then they have a little chat with uh, Gideon, the FBI guy, and Hotch, where they um, go over what the deal is with Jimmy and so on. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's like ridiculous. The FBI guy shows them a picture of Jimmy's family, and they're like, he's like, we really need to take care of him because uh, he's got a family. And it's like, why would you put a guy with that much family in friggin' deep cover with the mob? Yeah, like, why would you do that? Sounds like somebody wanted to spend a lot of time away from his family and maybe die. <laughs> Somebody's not that into his family. Yeah. Also, this guy, Jimmy, has some superior cheekbones. Yes. They, well, they, okay, um, the woman who he knocks over when he runs out of the blood house at the beginning uh, gives them, yeah. uh, they do a sketch based on her description. And the sketch, in my opinion, does not look that much like Jimmy, but yeah. the sketch looks a lot like Robin Wright on House of Cards. <laughs> and part of that, I think, is the strong cheekbones. And also just like totally. the overwhelming blondness. Totally. Yeah, his hair is very blonde and like he's on the verge of a mullet. Yeah. So I just just want you to be aware of that, Jimmy. But you might just want to be aware. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. And uh, so now we see that Jimmy is, in fact, currently being tortured, and he knows the guy mm-hmm. who's torturing him. Yeah, he knows. Garcia calls Morgan sugar when they talk. Okay. Yep. Yep. Which he brings is. Terrific. Are you at the part now where he where she brings this like huge box of files into the? Yeah. Right round table room and she's like hey look at all this murder in a box and he's like shit that's a lot of murder and she's like yeah there's yeah. another box coming 
Yeah, they like they indicate a number of times that like if this guy killed all these people, then he killed more people than like any serial killer. And then it's like, yup, that's what happened. Worst serial killer yeah, ever. Morgan, Morgan is like John Wayne Gacy killed thirty people. Which like this guy, please, like, so John Wayne thirty people. Like who cares? That's not. This is not. They're not parallel. Thirty people. Is nothing. Nothing. If you're rich enough, you can give the government money to kill 30 people for fun. That's nothing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm not really sure why he brought up John Wayne Gacy, but I mean, I guess just to let him know that, like, Morgan has facts, too. It's not just Reed. Morgan also has facts. Um, yeah, so then Morgan takes a folder out of the box and looks at it and is like, this is gross. <laughs> it's super gross what this guy's doing. Yeah. Yeah, Garcia does not want to look at the nasty pictures, which is kind of yeah. understandable. Yeah, she doesn't want to at all. Uh, um, yeah. And they describe the killer as someone with no conscience, and they say he's a serial killer with a perfect career. Perfect, yeah. So he used to be a hitman. At one point he was a hitman, but he's gone freelance. Right. Which, which is, you know, that's where the real money is, yeah. in freelancing. Totally. But obviously the other side of that is that you don't get the benefits of being a hitman, like health care and retirement right. and stuff like that. Okay. Right. You don't get health care. Um, you don't have a boss. That's pretty awesome. You can work from That's home. Right. You kill for yourself. Kill for yourself. Only for yourself. Um, he works wherever he wants. Want yep. Which for this guy is like most murders. Yeah. He wants to kill everybody. Everybody. Uh, so they go to the hangout with the mob boss to see if he'll give them more information, and obviously he won't. But then Morgan puts his arm around the mob boss to get everyone in the bar to think that the mobster is hanging out with uh, the FBI. The cops, yeah. Like, All right, sure. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I don't think the mob really helps them out with this crime. They they spend a lot of time trying to talk to this mob boss, and it it doesn't really go to anything that I can recall. Right, I don't think so. I think also, um, yeah, I'm not sure why. I think maybe one thing is that, like, the mob is, like, yeah, I don't think you're familiar with the mob, which is that we don't really, like, throw down with cops is one thing. But also, like, it sounds like even that they didn't want to, like, help them out even, like, quietly because this guy was just, like, maybe so far off the rails. I don't know. Or, like, they didn't want to take responsibility for something that wasn't, on them, which is like, yeah, all right. Again, not going to, like, admit to a crime we didn't commit. That's not cool. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they do bug him, right, when he gets on the phone. Because yeah. um, they hang out, once again, uh, Reed and Garcia are chilling. And I have a big question about this scene, because Reed literally sits on top of Garcia's desk. And <laughs> she's just like, okay, no big. No. But she's pissed at L, though. Yeah. Like, she puts Elle's coffee cup, like, in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, Elle puts her coffee cup down, and Garcia just, like, drops it in the garbage. Which is, like, like, I don't know. No. In my book, that is, like, that's serious. That's, like, she might as well have punched Elle in the face. (laughs) Like, this is, I Might as well punch her in the face. I mean, that's just, but, like, okay. And then Garcia's, like, listen, my... Shit's really sensitive and expensive. Right. And don't touch it. Also, I hate that you're sitting so 
working close to me. Yeah, do they just not get along, or what's – I guess we'll find out. I mean, I've never seen – on rewatching this, I've never seen – I don't remember Garcia being this, like, outwardly cranky before. I think this is, like, the writers trying to figure out some things about her, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of it, it really does feel like she's feeling like her space is being violated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because, like, right, like you pointed out, Reed is just, like, sitting. But he's, like, sitting behind her? Or was he sitting next to her? I don't remember. Because Elle is, like, Uh, up in her shit. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I don't remember that detail. Um. And then they also mentioned that uh, Garcia is, like, hacking into records to find out the information they need. Right. Um, and, like, I, they, they mentioned that it's illegal. And I guess my question is, like, do they not plan on, like, going to trial? Oh, interesting. I think the idea – right. So this is confusing to me also. I don't know about the law. But I do think – I think – They've said, the BAU is like, listen, we just, like, get people, like, they do one thing and then, like, law enforcement does it another way. But I think it's maybe just, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a hole that they, like, the the writers have never um, bothered to really patch. But you're right. I mean, if it's obtained illegally, they can't really use it. Yeah, that seems, seems like one of those things that makes prosecutors hate cops where they're always like getting evidence that's just not usable in court right yeah this is an uh, example I, of that yeah. yeah so they they go to where um the killer is hanging out and the killer catches hotch like immediately and beats the shit yeah. out of him and starts to strangle him yep uh and then the gang tases the killer to free hotch <sighs> and gideon yep. makes a little joke to hotch that he should take his tie off because he has been choked Oh. oh, Hodge. Uh, oh, Hodge. Right. Yeah, Hodge is like, I'm sorry, I sleep Hodge at this time. At the end of this episode. Right. Hodge is like, I conceived my child wearing this tie. I don't take it my tie off. Uh, right. So they capture the guy, they bring him in, and immediately the jackass from the Baltimore FBI is like, what if we torture him for information? <laughs> Right. That's uh, right. What if we do? Yeah, and now this is like the second... In real life, this part of the episode is like 14 minutes, but it genuinely felt like 60 hours of them trying to... <laughs> yes. And talking about how the fact that he was abused makes him, like, lack compassion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because they say in the beginning of the episode that either this guy is a hitman or he's a pure psychopath. Right. Um... And uh, it's like, like a little He was right. abused into psychopath- psychopathy, like all of us. Well, all of us. Yes. Uh, and uh, they tried yeah, to so, by right. talking about his boners because the BAU is all about boners. Yeah, Gideon's really like interested in this, like this guy, like yeah. As usual, if you killed someone, you probably cannot get hard. Yeah, it's kind of not, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's actually like. It's all the time. It's all the time on this show. 
it's only about that. It's not right. right. It must. I guess it goes with the whole thing of like there must be a sexual component to every crime, which is right. why it's confusing to them. Onto the yeah, right. He did not. There was no jizz discovered. On there was no jizz on the crime scene, so probably he can't get a boner. Because if he could, <laughs> he would have jizzed on the crime scene. I mean, obviously that would be the only reason. Like, the only thing stopping him from like right, just going like crazy on the jizzing all up, painting the walls with his jizz. Everything. <laughs> the only thing stopping him is his complete inability to get an erection. Uh, uh, and so meanwhile, Garcia and Reed are watching all of the videos that he made about him torturing people to death. Uh, and Garcia, if Garcia makes a porn joke that Reed doesn't yeah, get. Do you think, does Reed not know about porn? Does, like, has nobody told him about it? Um, I I can't imagine that he's been in the BAU and doesn't know about porn. But, yeah, but I don't, it doesn't really make, it's not clear. I'm sure that he does know about the existence of porn, but I think he's just like not really. It's not on his mind. I, 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 yeah, I don't think he was expecting Garcia to be like, this is probably porn. Right. Because in his mind, all he thinks about is uh, murders and chess. Right. Right. And co-eds and a plumber is, like, not really on his radar screen. Right. Um, so, yeah, they're watching these videos of this dude being tortured. Um, and uh, they realize that uh, he likes to let people get eaten up by rats. Uh, that Then I realized the thing that I hated about this episode, and it was the rats. That was the That's thing. The I think that, like, turned me off the most was like just when he puts that rat on the guy and I just yeah I was that was uh, yeah too much were you do, you do you not like rats in general I enjoy watching rats in the New York City subway um like pizza rats pizza rats yeah um I enjoy pizza rats I like watching them like when they're in the subway tracks and there's two of them and there's like something they're going to fight over and they get up on their back legs and like swat each other with their rat hands. Like that's enjoyable to me. Um, but I don't enjoy them when they're on the platform or when I see one on the street. Okay. So, so, or also like when they're being placed on someone so that they'll eat them. But you don't like the idea of rats eating an undercover FBI agent? I mean, generally, no. Okay, that's fine. That's, you know, yeah. every person to each their own. Right. Do you feel differently? Uh, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel mixed. Look where this going. As far as, like, as far as disposal of dead bodies goes, having animals eat it, I think, is a really good plan. Um, yeah, that's true. And I love rats. I hate torture. I'm not in favor of torture. But sure. it's not like I like am holding a place in my heart for people working for the FBI. Like The FBI right. does horrible things. They are a member of law enforcement. They are, indeed, a larger organized crime syndicate than like the mob. So like no, I'm no, not like... Right. I'm not like, oh, poor FBI, but right, no, it sucks to think of someone getting tortured to death, especially by getting eaten by rats. That's gross. 
Um, like, I, I do. What is it? What is? How do you think that the like were these? I guess I just then thought a lot about like how a rat would eat somebody, which is like, is the rat just like super hungry, or are rats just? Because I just was imagining the rat being like, oh, I smell maybe some food on you. I'll just nibble at your pants and not go into like full like full like crazy rat murder. Yeah, I don't know how he, how he gets the because the rats go right for his pants too. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if the torturer like slathers him with uh, peanut butter or something. Peanut butter, maybe that's the part we don't see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, listeners, don't write us letters about. Do not absolutely do not. No. Do not. <laughs> do not. Uh, we don't need this question answered at all. We're, right. Um, right. So he. Yeah, so Reed is like, I know what's up, guys. Um, don't worry, I fixed it. Um, and then they're, oh, didn't they, like, at some point, I might be going out of order here. Elle and Morgan are, like, looking at the stuff that um, the suspect has in his car. Yes. Um, and he has a lot of food stuff. Yeah, and he eats makes- in his car all the time. And then Elle is like, how about this pizza box? Because at this point, they're like, we are not going to solve this fucking case. Like, this dude is going to die. We had, like, no leads. Right. We don't know how to find this guy. Like, the suspect won't crack. Um, so, like, what are we going to do? Right, and then Elle's like, Morgan, where do you get your pizza? And uh, Morgan says, I get my pizza from the pizza place in my neighborhood. It's Morgan's different. Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. Morgan's Pizzeria. Uh, and so that's how they figure out where the guy is getting eaten to death by rats, probably. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, Morgan gives Garcia a kiss on the head. Oh, yeah. Kind of nice. big. They're like... Kind of big. <laughs> they're definitely going to hook up. Like, it's clearly moving toward them hooking up. There's nothing, like, every interaction they have on this show feels more and more like they are going to hook up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because they are. It's fine. You don't need, don't tell me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not confirming or dispelling. I'm just listening. Um, so, they get yeah. to the scene, and, like, there's so much footage, I really loved this, of, like, they, they try to get the rats out of the way. But, obviously, they don't want to, like, hurt the rats. These are performing no. rats. And also, no, um, right. and, so Gideon, um, right. and so Gideon, like, there's all this footage of Gideon, like, very delicately pushing rats away with his shoe. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, he's really careful about it. Careful, yeah. It's kind of uh, nice. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is important to not hurt animals. It is. In my opinion. Uh, so then they send Hotch in to continue uh, interrogating the killer. Yeah. Uh, they're like, Hotch, why don't you wrap this up? And Hotch goes in and he goes, hey, both of us were abused by our parents, but you're bad and I'm good or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Oh, wait. You know what? I just remembered this part that I thought was funny where um, right before Gideon first goes in to interrogate this guy, Hotch takes a pen out of Gideon's pocket and is like, bro, don't give him the weapon. And, yep. um, and, Hotch, and Hotch is like, yeah. And Gideon's like, dude, I got it. All right. It's fine. Fine. And Hotch is like, no, but like, dude is a murderer and like probably real dangerous. So like, don't 
gave him an excuse to stick a pen in your eye. Yeah. Which is like, True. listen, just safety first, Gideon. Calm down, all right? But Gideon did not want to hear that from Hotch. No. He's like, I don't need you, dude. True. You keep wearing uh, your tie. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, so they talk forever about the killer being abused by his parents. It's for a really long time. You're right. It's like... Yeah, it's forever. And yeah. all... Like, this, this show is very firmly in the camp that abuse victims become violent. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. And uh, yeah. the, the episode <laughs> indeed ends with Gideon quoting Carl Jung that the tortured grows up to be the torturer. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I have to say, that is an inconsistent message. Uh, in addition to being irresponsible, it's also inconsistent because um, there is a point in the future where uh, I think they have, they have some kind of case that's also about, like, um, I mean, there's a bunch of cases where, like, they find out that, you know, the murderer was abused as a child and stuff. Um, but they, like, discount that theory later in the show in a different episode. I think it's Reed who's, like, it's almost never happens. Sure. But which is confusing because like it seems like it happens a lot though. It's all the time on this show. Always. Constantly. No yeah. no serial killer can get an erection and none of them had happy childhoods. No. Never. Although I'm thinking now on my like na- like my knowledge, my Wikipedia acquired knowledge of serial killers. I guess I don't think like a happy childhood is like a seed. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, Ted Bundy was, like, not – I don't think it was a terrible childhood. And he still turned into Ted Bundy. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this is – it's a tall claim, what they're doing here. Yeah. But yeah, not, not a great premise to leave – to end with. Um Right. And that's it. That is the last time that we get to talk to a guy who has killed hundreds of people. For now. Sorry, that was aggressive. Yes, for now. Right. Right. There will be more people who have killed a lot of people. Um, yeah. Um, so next week, uh, the episode is called Derailed. Well, the, not, whatever. The next episode is called Derailed. Um, and Where it's are we going? Texas. We're going to Texas. Texas. Yes. Uh, and I won't tell you what happens, but uh, an enjoyable, enjoyable episode. Um, okay. Yeah, it takes place on a train. I will. I'll tell you that. On oh, now you got my attention. I love things. I know. On a train. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, cool. That's that. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're UnsubPod. You can find us on Twitter at UnsubPod. And I personally am on Twitter at MuffMacGuff. And I'm on Twitter at at ChanelPod. Join us next week. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.